Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written? For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these ways we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you, guys. So preaching professor Tom Long tells this story in one of his commentaries on that passage that Noah and Titus just read. And it is of a congregation um, and the the sort of congregation that he was visiting for a friend uh, uh, baptizes babies and then uh, confirms that promise on their life uh, later in, in seventh or eighth grade. So this was a confirmation uh, service that Tom Long was attending. And uh, each year, uh, the pastor in discipling them and getting them ready for this uh, confirmation service has them memorize a bit of scripture or maybe the creed And this year the scripture memory verse, and, and we do this sometimes in carpool, we do scripture memory verses, and if, if you memorize it well, you get like a fro uh, Wendy's Frosty and French fries, right? Uh, I don't think the church was doing that. Um, but this year, the passage for confirmation was what Noah and Titus just read from Romans 8. And the pastor asked them all to stand up here, like, like the kids were all standing up in front of us a minute ago in front of the sanctuary in a line, and they were going to take turns sharing their verse from memory in front of the whole congregation. And so the pastor goes to the first little boy and says, Joe, first kid in line, Joe, what shall separate you from the love of God? And Joe answers confidently, I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present or things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Joe nailed it. Everyone was so proud. The place erupts, right? Little did they know this was going to happen a few more times, right? So the teacher moves on to the next little girl, the next student. Katie, what can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ? And Katie, just as confident as Joe says, I'm convinced that neither life nor death nor angels nor rulers or things present or things to come or powers or height nor depth or anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Katie knocked it out of the park. And then the question moves down the line, the congregation grows increasingly anxious as it, as it goes on. You see, at the end of the line was Rachel, and Rachel was kind, and Rachel was smart, and Rachel would have worked really hard to learn this passage, and Rachel 
very much believed in this passage, but Rachel also had Down syndrome and the congregation didn't know how this exactly was going to go. So the question kept moving closer and closer until it got to her and the pastor says, Rachel, what can separate you from the love of God? And Rachel smiled and beautifully and confidently said just one word, nothing. Mic drop, period. She got it perfectly right. Friends, as we head into this season, we'll be talking about these various fruits, the, the ways the spirit of the living God grows good fruit in us. And today is just the first one, love. That we will talk about the way that God continues, even now, even in us, to plant seeds and to water them, to take old and dying things in our lives, in our family histories, in our neighborhoods, in our households, to take those old and dying things and to make them compost so that new and living things can spring up. And these things are things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I'm not even sure that that's all of them, but those are the ones we'll talk about. The message version of this verse in Galatians 5 imagines our lives like a, an orchard in Christ. And if you've ever walked through an orchard, it's, it, fruit is literally falling on your head. It's so abundant. Everywhere you turn, something is growing, something beautiful and tasty and healthful. This happens all together, too, in Paul's vision of, of fruit growing. It's not a buffet. Like, uh, it's always really poor form, and we struggle with this in our family when we have fruit salad of picking out various fruits that we like more. So you wind up with just like honeydew and apples, right? Like, all the blueberry and strawberry gone, watermelon gone. Uh, we don't get to do that uh, with, this, with, with this orchard, this fruitful picture of life in the spirit. It's impossible to parse these things out. And we also have to do this together so that our fruit augments and works with your fruit. This isn't a zero-sum game. Our, our fruit benefits all of us. And all of this happens in the spirit. I, I, I really love this picture when I'm thinking about this, of this special tree that grows all sorts of good fruit. Is this up there? Yeah, this special tree that grows all sorts of good fruit. It's called the Tree of Forty Fruit by Sam Van Aken. It's like a like a uh, active living art exhibit. He, Sam Van Aken is a Syracuse prof who uses grafting to create these fledgling trees that have forty different kinds of fruit. So you can pick an apple and a pear and an orange off the same tree, and they ripen from July to October. And this is like an artist's rendering of it, of what it'll look like in the future. And these trees exist in different locations all over the, the country and world, museums and parks and public and private displays, but it is one tree with many fruit, grafted together for flourishing and fruitfulness. This seems like a good picture for what God is calling and making possible uh, for our church, for the church. Um, when I look at this table, I see this sort of, this sort of multi 
uh, picture of, of our concerns and our gifts represented just in these tangible things, so much more so in the fruit that we are producing and the fruit that God is growing in us. I think about, um, uh, towards the end of that verse, also in the message, talks about this life in the spirit, that, that when, when we have chosen this life with Christ, this life in the spirit, it makes uh, it lets us make sure that we do not just hold this as an idea in our heads or sentiment in our hearts, but we work out this implication in every detail of our lives. This fruit will, will um, translate to every detail of our lives and every detail of each other's lives. So we head into this year uh, after such a long, sad, and weird year. Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> We enter into this year still in the midst of a long, sad, and weird year. We're not, it's not post-pandemic. As we do that, though, let's, let's be aware of, let's witness to the love that God has given us in Christ. And the love that God is growing in us by the Spirit for others. God has given us this love in Christ and is giving others this love through us. That sounds, that sounds so strange if, <laughs> if we know ourselves, to, to think of ourselves as these sorts of in- instruments, these sorts of ways that people experience God's love. This is the sort of love that in the story Rachel describes so confidently. This is a love in which nothing can separate or get in the way of us and and God. Nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. There's this whole list of things that Paul does. Paul's a list maker. Maybe you are a list maker when you are overwhelmed. Maybe you're making lists left and right. Maybe you're the sort of list maker that when you have a lot of things to do, all of a sudden you have the cleanest house on the block and the most folded, pressed iron laundry on the block. I know that's how I am. I hate all that stuff until I got to do something else. But maybe it wouldn't be a bad thing to make a list like Paul to make a list of these things in this coming year. Things, you know, notice things that sneak on his list aren't just bad things. They're also good things that are maybe a little big and maybe a little up in the air, maybe a little overwhelming. Neither life nor death. Neither death, which is sad and final, or life, which is busy or uncertain, can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Neither angels, nor rulers, nor powers, nor presidents, or politicians, or teachers, or bosses, or bullies, or besties. None of these things can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ. Nothing. Nothing in time. Not what's already here. Not what's yet to come. Not what you regret. Not what you dread, not something that happened a long time ago that you can't fix, or not something that happened a long time ago that you continue to revel in and try to make that grandiose idea about yourself happen again. Not this trip down the road or a relationship that you think will make you happy. None of these things can get in the way of your love in Christ. Nothing. 
And Paul, Paul says nothing in three dimensions, not height or depth or distance, not social distancing, not emotional distancing, not the distance that language and privilege and class and culture and race and politics put between us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ, even these things that so deeply divide us and separate us from each other. Not how well you are doing in class or in sports, or in your marriage, nothing. Not how well you feel like you're doing parenting, or how you think you compare with your friends, or with trends, nothing. Not how up on the news you are, or how well you show your concern to others on social media, nothing. Not how much you are producing for your boss, or your shareholders, or your in-laws, nothing. Fill in the blank with your, what in all creation you think could separate you, the most anxious feeling or the, the ways that you feel furthest from the love and acceptance of God, that thing that perhaps fills you with joy or with dread or anticipation as you put something on the communion table this morning, write that down. Nothing represented by that thing could separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing, period. That's the good news this morning, friends. Let's rest in this. Let's grow in this fruitful kind of love. The Apostle Paul goes on to say that in this is the gospel truth. In Romans 8, it starts out, no condemnation in Christ, and it ends with no separation from Christ. No condemnation <laughs> no separation. And in the middle, he tells us that we are more than conquerors. Maybe you need to hear that this morning and know that this morning. Before you go back into a situation that seems impossible, before you try to make new friends in a classroom full of strangers, or at least like make friends with the professor, maybe that'll work out. Before you head back to an afternoon with a s giant stack of reading that you don't think you'll understand hardly any of, and so what's the point? While you're still in the days of that early semester syllabus shock, or maybe it's a bank account shock, <laughs> while you're trying to balance this new season with all these new inputs and responsibilities and car lines and um, appointments and housework and lunches and all of the things, Consider that you are more than conqueror in Christ, that you've already won, it is finished. God has decided that you've won. That we're more than conquerors, that we're loving victors who can overcome hard and sad things because we're stuck to Christ. We are with Christ and Christ is with us even if we don't feel like we're with Christ. The word here, for more than conquerors, that like, you've, you've more than overcome, is, is this funny word, it's like hooper, hooper nikeo. And it's, it's almost like hyper, like very much, overcome, like overdo, a lot. And a word that might be a little more familiar to us, Nike, to overcome, like the Greek god of victory in war is Nike. And so you have, you have more than overcome. Every time this, this year, this semester, this season, you see a Nike swoosh, and there's a lot these days, uh, maybe more than people wearing crosses. 
every time you see a Nike swoosh, think about this. Think about Jesus and the ways that Jesus has conquered sin and death by becoming sin and dying a criminal's death, by welcoming us into this victorious reality that, that uh, is not the sort of conquering any of us would have imagined or any of us would have picked, but it's by suffering and it's by loving and it's by sharing in our pain and our suffering and also in Christ's victory. Karl Barth says, in Christ's love, it is our love that celebrates its victory. In Christ's love, our love celebrates its victory. So friends, as we go from here, remember your baptism. Remember how you were buried with Christ, but also raised with him so that there's no separation from you with Christ. You've been crucified with Christ and you've been raised with Jesus. Every sadness and grief Christ has felt, Jesus wept. Every anxiety and fear Jesus encountered, he sweated blood in the garden. Every weakness and fragility, Jesus emptied himself and came in the form of a servant. Jesus is with us in everything. With us as we walk out these doors today, with us this week, with us every minute of every day. Nothing can separate us from Christ and his love through the spirit that seeds and grows and ripens this inseparable love for our neighbors and our classmates and our colleagues and our friends and our families and our enemies in our world. Will you all pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for this, this first fruit. This first fruit that we so deeply desire for ourselves and this first fruit that we so um, inadequately display to the world. Lord, strengthen us in this inseparable love and make this love fruitful in our lives. That it might give us energy and focus and courage that we, uh, when we're feeling small and weak and sad and low and separate, that you remind us that we are more than conquerors in you, Jesus. And we thank you for the spirit that opens us up to be able to see and experience and receive these gifts, these fruits from other people, even surprising and strange fruit <laughs> that we don't know what to do with. And, and you bring that into our lives. Keep us open to that. We thank you for all these things. In the name of Jesus. Amen.